What's up, everybody? I'm TJ. And I'm Kelsey. And we are the, the Nashville, Nashville Wine Duo. Duo. Well, it's Bubbles time. It's Bubbles time. This is a really special podcast because we love Bubbles. Um, we've talked about Bubbles, but we haven't talked about Prosecco um, in particular. So we are talking about Prosecco today and sounds like it's going to be really good Prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are honored to have a uh, the winery the owner, owner himself, of this Belinda winery. wonderful Prosecco. So yes, Umberto. Umberto. Cosmo, Belinda, honored to have you. Yeah, he, he flew all the way in from Italy just to be on the podcast. Well, if, <laughs> I don't think that, that's I why. Wish. But <laughs> I wish. I wish. You wish. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here, Umberto. Yes. Yeah. So we would love it if you would just maybe dive us into your story and how you ended up in the wine world and uh, specifically making prosecco. Well, I didn't expect to end up in the winery, in starting a winery, uh, because yes, we had the vineyard in the family since generation, but uh, until 1986, uh, we used to produce only a little bit of wine for the family and selling all the other grapes to other producers. Then later on, uh, in those years, uh, my brother graduated in uh, enology, so he's now the actual winemaker together with Paolo Stival and other enologists at the winery. And uh, my dad gave us uh, the possibility to start our own winery. So I remember the first time we had two tanks, a uh, press, uh, and uh, then it started with a two-man company first, and now we are three brothers running the winery. And uh, this uh, is uh, our history in brief. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's a family business. It's a family business. Uh, we run about 35 hectares, so it's about 100 acres uh, directly owned. And uh, we have uh, 65 more uh, from uh, growers where we have a long-term agreement. So they work according to our policy. Okay. Okay. Uh, all the same varietal for the, the Glera grape for the Prosecco? For a Prosecco, we work 100% Glera grape, uh -huh. except for the Rosé, uh, where we have a 10% of Pinot Noir. Okay. But we as well produce some other sparkling wines uh, based on Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and some other things. Sometimes uh, we like to challenge ourselves also with different varietals. Yeah. But it's a minor part of uh, our our work, real work. Our real work is uh, producing uh, Conegliano Valdobbiadene, Prosecco Superiore, mm -hmm. because we come from the very uh, steep hills uh, in the, in where Prosecco was born. Because uh, Prosecco was born in, in the hills between Conegliano and Valdobbiadene, two small towns uh, located about 60 kilometers north of Venice. Uh, just beside the Dolomites. Dolomites are just north of us. So we benefit from the sea, Adriatic Sea warmth that uh, sends up the, the warm air during the morning. Uh, but as well, uh, we ha are lucky because we have the mountain just be behind us, behind the winery, uh, behind the, our hills. And this means that uh, during the afternoon, we have uh, the uh, cold wind coming from the mountain that uh, really uh, get the temperature to go down. And this helps to maintain the aromatic characteristic that we need for uh, sparkling wine production. Mm -hmm. 
making a sparkling wine is not like making a, a steel wine. Steel wine requires body and uh, sometimes has to be a little bit powerful to be a good wine. In uh, sparkling wine, we need uh, elegance. Mm-hmm. So we don't need uh, big uh, punching alcohol and body. We need an elegance between all the different elements and especially the acidity is very important for us. Mm. So what with the acidity, what what's important about it in Prosecco? Because it maintains the freshness when you drink it. Uh, because uh, a sparkling wine is... Uh, a special wine that has some bubbles inside and the bubbles act uh, uh, in a special way in your mouth because uh, so you feel a little bit less uh, the the sugar that is in it because it puncture your uh, tongue mm-hmm. and uh, also uh, the bubbles helps to express uh, a lot uh, the aromatic characteristic of the grape mm. okay that's amazing. Wow. I'm excited. So why don't you talk <laughs> about this first one that we're uh, going to try? Well, we are trying now the Fratelli Cosmo. Fratelli means uh, brothers. So it's Cosmo Brothers. is something that is uh, uh, one that uh, we imagined uh, for uh, every day. Is in wine that you can use uh, both as an aperitif wine, as a poolside wine, why not? Yeah. And also uh, with the food, because our idea is to have a wine that is not uh, really, uh, com- you know, like a normal Prosecco that sometimes has a little bit of sugar too much. We prefer to work uh, on the lower side of the sugar, of mm-hmm. the sugar content, because uh, we think that uh, if you want, to pair with food, uh, sugar should not be uh, the most important part. I think that right. uh, a good acidity, a good balance uh, is perfect for uh, partnering the wine with your food. So how much Prosecco do normal Italians drink? Like, is it on the daily basis you guys are drinking Prosecco? Well, Prosecco is very popular. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially in the past years, uh, it became uh, very popular all over Italy, but all over the world, definitely. I think we are the most important appellation uh, in sparkling wine in the world in terms of volumes uh, and also money. Uh, this uh, is important because uh, it's uh, we are at the end of a journey that started uh, back in 1850 because mm. the first sparkling wines in the Conegliano Valdobbiadene region starting in uh, 1850. And uh, at that time, uh, the first winery started to produce wine because we have this, uh, this glera, the grape, is a grape that uh, uh, got ripened uh, late for the region. Late, it means that uh, in 1850, it was a little bit colder than now. Now something is changing, as you know. <laughs> uh, I don't know why, but it's changing, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now we harvest, uh, we are right now in the middle of the harvest and I miss my, my grapes right now because uh, the, there is a wonderful aroma in the winery during mm. this season. Oh, I bet. So I, I look forward to go back soon. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, the grape uh, got ripened uh, usually at the end of September, beginning of October. We are near the mountain. Uh, we are in the northern part of Italy. So uh, we can have very cold nights. And at that time, uh, wineries were not uh, fancy wineries like the one that we have now, so closed. Uh, At that time, uh, wineries were uh, sort of open places. 
uh, where uh, the the tank were sub subject to the uh, climate. Mm -hmm. So if during the night, uh, cold night came, uh, especially toward the end of the fermentation process, it started to uh, stop the fermentation. So we ended up with wine with some residual sugar. And in springtime, I don't know, because maybe, you know, uh, yeast are social uh, people, social guys. And uh, when they sell the, this wine to the local osteria, I mean, the wine bar at that time, uh, they feel the people chatting in March. And so they started to revive, to revive <laughs> and they started to ferment again. <laughs> and so the bubbles started to create uh, in these places. Uh, luckily, we had uh, in, the, in our town, in Conegliano, we had uh, the first technological school uh, in, in Italy, uh, the second in Europe, in the second in, in, so the second in, in the world. And they started to study this phenomenon. And so they started to uh, work on the process of uh, uh, re-fermenting the wine, first in the bottle, and then they developed the re-fermentation in the tank. Wow. So yeah, this has been going on for a long time. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> carrying on. All families has a tradition of producing wine at home and mm -hmm. producing their own uh, sparkling wine. So I brought here one uh, example of the wine that uh, was used in the families. It was not intended for the market, oh. but later on the market discovered it. And so now we produce it also for the market. And you're we, referring to Petnat? At the Petnat, yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. Now, will that be the Glera grape as well? Yes, it's, a, wow. it's an Appalachian wine. It's a Conegliano Valdobbiadene. And uh, yes, it's gaining popularity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I got to ask a real question. I want you to be 100% honest. Mm. What, how do you feel when you see people add orange juice to Prosecco? Nothing bad. Oh, Nothing good. Bad. Okay. okay. You don't, all right. Why Mimosa is a good word then. Why not? <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> He's like, don't. I had to ask. Yeah. You know? you I, mean, ask. I, was, I prefer it. Uh, plain, Prosecco. yeah, yes. yeah. But do Italians do? I mean, as mimosa yes, thing we, in Italy, we do, we do. We okay. Do. okay. Well, mimosa has been invented uh, in Venezia by Arrigo Cipriani, so okay, so it started mm -hmm. there. Started. Okay, I wasn't yes. sure if it was like an American thing, you know. No, no, no. It's like uh, <laughs> Bellini, mimosa, everything was born in Italy because at the very beginning, prosecco was popular only in Italy. Yeah, and yeah. so. You know, we developed also other way to use the wine. I think uh, there is nothing bad in using uh, a good wine for a good uh, mixed stuff. Oh, I love okay. hearing you say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think it's, you know, we, we meet some people sometimes where I think they really put wine in a box and then some people feel like, oh, I'm doing the wrong thing a lot or things like that. And, you know, they feel like it's, I'm only allowed to do things a certain way. And I think it's meant to be, fun and it's meant to be enjoyed and it's meant to be with people and yes yeah and not a judgmental yeah and we're thing. all about enjoying <laughs> yeah. what you like how you like it yeah. you know some why people not, why not? Uh, wine is meant to uh, let people to interact to enjoy together yeah and i think it's nothing bad uh, if uh, during the hot summer you can mix uh, some fruit juice uh, or make uh, a spritz uh, with your prosecco yes yeah all right yeah. i love hearing that all right. Well, let's start. Let's try this wine. We yes. haven't tried it yet. Yeah. Okay. Let's try. Cheers. So, cheers. cheers. <laughs> I don't know if I can reach <laughs> my short arms. Mm. So this is uh, made with 100% Clara mm. and come from uh, the hills uh, uh, north of Treviso. Mm. 
and this is a wine that uh, is intended as a as a an everyday sparkling wine yes. because has the, is in the right price point. Uh, I think that Prosecco uh, is the kind of wine that uh, make uh, made uh, sparkling wine accessible to everybody. Before uh, Prosecco, sparkling wine was mainly champagne, and champagne mm. was not for all the people. Right. We is a sort of uh, democratic wine. Is an affordable luxury. Affordable luxury. Yes. Yes. Sorry, our cat. He does this with every every person we have over here. I just. <laughs> I have two cats. Okay. 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 Well, good. <laughs> I know how to manage them. Oh no, he's gonna try. Now, to get do you have uh, um, cats and dogs on the in the winery, like in the vineyard? Uh, yes, in the vineyard, uh, some cat might. Two cats go in the vineyard. Yeah, but in the vineyard, we are proud to have uh, our sheep. Oh. We have a bunch of sheep Very that cool. help us uh, during the fall and winter to keep uh, the vineyard clean. Yeah, and also they have some side effect, as you might know. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they help us uh, to maintain uh, uh, the environment in the right way. We keep. Uh, we have our honeybees. Uh, uh, which is important because uh, bees are very sensitive to pesticide and this stuff. Mm -hmm. So having the bees, uh, uh, I think that uh, people understand how we work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have to say that this wine is delicious. <laughs> this is honestly unlike any other Prosecco I've tried before. I have to say the same. I, I really agree. I really like the, um, I feel like it is, it's very fruity and, delightful and fun and lights mm. and refreshing too, which I think that's one of the things I love about Prosecco is that it is so refreshing. Yeah. Um, and you know, bubbles can be had all year as well. So I don't know. I really, really, really love this. And I love that people are going to be able to access it in Nashville, which we're yes, going to talk about a little bit later. About. The um, thing I like about this too, is I can, I feel like I can taste the grape where I think a lot of the Prosecco's are mm -hmm. sugary, you That's know? Important. Yeah. yeah. In a wine, you have to feel uh, the grape that is behind, uh, and especially you have to feel uh, the concept of uh, the place where it comes from. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the most important thing in a wine because the wine is an ambassador of, of our area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's mm. not just something to drink. I right. like the way you put that. That's really cool. It's an ambassador of the area, the wine. is. Right. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, do you think for people that are drinking bubbles for the first time, is there a different way that we need to taste Prosecco? Like when we're trying it for the first time, is there a different way to smell or sip or is it pretty much Make the same? It as simple as possible. As simple as possible. Okay. Don't <laughs> wine, overthink wine it. Wine should not be a difficult thing. I think that in the past, uh, wine people made the, the mistake of uh, building too much a thing around the wine. And so people sometimes are afraid in tasting a new wine. Yeah. Because they look at the wine list and the th first thing that they look for is a wine that they already tasted and they choose that wine because they are sure about that. Uh, yes, I don't know anything about... No, you have, a, you have a taste, you have a nose. And so I think that everybody can judge a wine for his knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Take, take a gamble. Yeah, take a gamble. I Try agree with that. New. Try something new. And I think Prosecco is a good place to start if you are starting with bubbles because yes. it is so easy to drink it's so i'd say food friendly like you're saying yes. too and especially is a wine with an appellation so mm -hmm. you know where it comes from right right, right. and uh, look for a winery that uh, is uh, real on 
really a winery. Right. And that's it. Yeah. Easy. Right. There are so many wineries. If Prosecco became popular, it is because uh, uh, most of my colleagues are very good producers. I'm very proud of living in an area where we are many producers that work in the right way. Mm. So not just uh, two or three of us that uh, work in good, but many, many producer works. So we are only in our small appellation of the uh, small, not so small, but uh, the, Cone <laughs> the Conegliano Valdobbiadene area, we are 250 wineries. And this is an wow. area that is fairly small, is, uh, as you can see, the hills are very steep. Wow. Everything is done by hand. Wow. And this is very important to, to tell to the people that uh, each single uh, grape uh, is taken care of yeah. by a real person. Wow. A lot of TLC going into this. A lot. A lot. You yeah. know, here in the States, we being in the wine industry and educating people about wine, a lot of people refer to any kind of bubbles as champagne. They'll say, do you have guys have champagne? Yeah. And so for us having to say, well, there are tons of different kinds of sparkling yes. wine. Prosecco, mm -hmm. you know, is Italian. Cava mm -hmm. is Spanish. Same. Champagne is French. I'm champagne. You know? <laughs> but there is sparkling wine that comes from France that's not champagne. But it's just, as Americans, I think they just call it champagne, but they just want bubbles, you know? Don't worry. In Italy, it's the same right now. Uh, most of the people refer to a sparkling wine as a Prosecco. Okay. Give me a Prosecco. Oh, Any sparkling wow. wine Any sparkling became wine. a Prosecco because it's so popular. So it's the same kind yes. of issue. We have right? a, a lot of different appellations, smaller yeah. in size, uh, but very good appellation in Italy. And I think they deserve their own name. Yes. We deserve our own name. Right. And we like to uh, the name Prosecco to be used only for Prosecco. Yeah, Prosecco. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> Makes sense. Yes. Well, you want to try the next one? Yes, let's do it. I think uh, we can go with the Brut, San Fermo. I'm very proud of these because uh, as being our first wine when we first opened the winery back in 1986. Oh, I love that sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you need to? Did you bring that for the note? Yeah. Okay. If you need to pour yours out, you can Thanks. pour it too. Thank you. It's so clear. Look how clear. Yeah, beautiful. This come uh, from uh, the classic area of Prosecco. is a DOCG. You know, in Italy, we have two different appellations, DOC and DOCG. Now, what's the difference? The difference is that both are uh, con uh, controlled appellation. So the appellation, they come from a specific area. But uh, the G means guaranteed. So it has uh, double the control that we have in the DOC. Not that the DOC is not controlled, right. but this has far more. Each single batch is tasted by a commission and they tell you if you can bottle or not. Oh. If, if it can bear the, that label. the seal of uh, the DOCG. Yeah. yeah. So should consumers shopping look for DOC, DOCG labels on? Yes, they are two different wines. They come from two different regions. Yeah. And this is important. Uh, DOC is a little bit less expensive because we can produce a little bit more in the yeah. vineyard. DOCG uh, come only from the steepest vineyard and uh, is very labor intensive. So it costs a little bit more. Yes. Uh, I know that uh, people expect that Prosecco costs all, all the same. But 
Prosecco is not gasoline. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Prosecco yeah. comes from the work of the people. Yeah. And uh, so there are different wines uh, with different prices because there are different work behind and different value. Yeah. Uh, you don't expect uh, that all champagne costs the same. You don't expect that all Chianti costs the same, mm -hmm. all Barolo or all uh, uh, Napa cab uh, cost the same price in the, in the bottle. So I think that even in Prosecco, we can have a different uh, level. And the different levels are not so far away. So you can have a $15 uh, good Prosecco DOC, but paying five bucks more and having a $20, maybe for a special occasion. Yeah. Or if we, you have some special friends, you can buy a Valdo Biadene and you will feel the difference. Okay. Okay, let's, let's try, try it. This. Hmm. this is drier. Different nose on it. Yes, uh, this comes from a soil uh, that uh, has been formed. Uh, is one of the youngest hill of the appellation because this comes from the hill of Carpesica, is where we have our winery, and uh, is a hill uh, that has been uh, has a cover of morainic residual from the glacier that was covering the area until uh, 12,000 years ago. 12,000 years uh, in terms of geological uh, things uh, is really not yesterday, is one second ago. Yeah. And so this means that our soil is very young. So uh, the roots, uh, since the water flows down very quickly, the roots has to go very deep. And these you will find in this wine. This is a beautiful Prosecco. Yeah, it says it goes through a second secondary fermentation it's bottled uh no. over 15 months is that the one no no uh, they, that's the other one we are going to taste later okay 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 i'm ready oh they have the similar name yes gotcha yes, yes the the appellation is the same mm -hmm. uh, the other one come from a much more restricted area gotcha is uh, is a crew so it means that comes the other one comes from a specific small area uh, in the appellation we okay. have uh, identified 42 different uh, crews in the Valdobbiadene area. Oh, wow. This means uh, that uh, each one of these crew has a distinct uh, uh, aromatic profile. Gotcha. Mm. Because of the soil. Right. And also because of the different approach that winemakers, you know, one from another, we are not far away because the appellation is fairly small, the Valdobbiadene appellation. It goes uh, from Conegliano, Vittorio Veneto, where I am, uh, and stretches uh, west uh, for about uh, 20 miles, less mm. than 20 miles. So it's small. Yeah. But uh, the, the history in our area was fairly diversified, if, if you are, if, even if we are very near one to each other. So on the Western side, they approach wine in one way, on the Eastern side in another way. Uh, I think that is uh, what make uh, uh, an area for producing wine great uh, to have a different uh, expression of the same wine. Right, mm. right. So when you were pouring this, I noticed this one has a vintage on it. Yes. Do a lot of your Proseccos, are they vintage oriented or is it a except, kind of a mix? Uh, except for the Fratelli. Okay. Uh, we have all our product are vi with vintage. With a vintage. Gotcha. Okay. Mm. And vintage is just the year that the... Yeah, just for people yes. to know. Are... And this is a brute, while the other is an extra dry. Okay. 
uh, extra dry seems uh, to be yeah. uh, drier because <laughs> extra dry says. Yes. Uh, well, that's what. Yes. Can you can you explain that? Yes, versus, it, can, no. it comes from uh, the tradition back in the 1800s when sparkling wine were much more sweeter. Mm. Uh, think that the first champagne uh, made uh, in Rams uh, were produced. Uh, and even sparkling wine in Italy were produced uh, at the beginning of 1800 uh, with residual sugar close to 100 grams per liter. So like an ice, <laughs> like an ice wine, <laughs> oh my God. very, very high. <laughs> wow. Uh, and later on, they started to reduce these uh, because, well, you know, sugar acts uh, both uh, as a, to hide some defects. Mm -hmm. And at that time, exactly. uh, vinification was not so good. <laughs> Uh, and also uh, please the palate. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And later on, uh, they started to reduce. So uh, even a dry, which now it seems uh, very high in sugar because it's very high in sugar, according to our uh, daytime uh, drinker habits, uh, a dry is uh, over 34 grams of residual sugar. Wow. No, uh, excuse me, between 27 and 34 grams. Yeah, still a lot. Yes. Demi <laughs> <laughs> uh, sec, so half dry was over 34, between 34 grams and uh, uh, 50 grams of residual sugar. Uh, so these, uh, uh, so when they started to produce something a little bit lower, yeah. they had to invent the name extra dry. Mm. And the extra dry is uh, between 12 and 17 grams. Okay. Which is not much, but uh, can be quite a lot, yeah. especially if you don't have a good acidity. Right. Here you can feel there is a good acidity yeah. that has to balance the sugar content. Right. Uh, the Brut, the one that we're tasting, is less than 12 grams. Okay. Uh, here is in Brut, there is an overlapping with Extra Brut, because Brut is 0 to 12, and Extra Brut is 0 to 6. So okay. maybe you can find a brute that uh, is drier than an extra brute. Because right, a that's brute, you can You can name, uh, we have in the past uh, a brute uh, with zero grams residual sugar oh. that was drier than an extra brute that we produced later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny. Sometimes it can be confusing. Right. Yeah. But uh, that's why you have to trust uh, what you taste. Yeah. yeah. It's not difficult. You can uh, decide if a steak is good or not. Mm -hmm. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody yeah. can taste a carrot and say, yes, this is a good carrot and this right. is not a good carrot. Right. Uh, one is the same. Mm -hmm. Don't be fooled by difficult names that uh, sommelier and winemakers <laughs> invent. <laughs> it's just a matter of uh, when we are in the group of the of uh, wine tasting people, we have to to talk about wine in a different way because we have to intend a very small difference between one wine and another. But for normal people, just enjoy the wine as it is. Right. Don't, yeah. uh, don't be fooled by difficult things. Well, yeah, thanks for explaining that because the consumer here, I feel like in America, just gets confused when they see something that's labeled extra dry and they go into it thinking, oh, this is going to be super dry. I mm -hmm. love dry wines and mm -hmm. it's got some sweetness on it. So. Yeah, um, it's a good explanation. And I really that's I really feel like people, once you start to go into wine and if you really enjoy wine, take the time to learn some of this stuff because it's going to really help you be able to figure out the right thing to buy. And also ask questions like most places, if you go to a, 
a place where they're selling wine. And I'm not talking about a grocery store. I'm talking about like wine shops, things like that. They'll have people there that are educated right. really that um, can, can help you find the right thing. And um, they, you know, that's what they're there to do. So I think just don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't, mm -hmm. don't feel afraid to like, that you might not know the right thing or whatever. Just there are no dumb questions. No, when it comes no, to wine. no, because we've, again, <laughs> I quote this person that said this to me all the time, but once you start to learn about wine, you realize you know nothing because it is so much, <laughs> so much information. No, you can never yeah. know everything. So yeah, um, we wanted to dive into one more, but we also have another person that we want to introduce. Yes. So the whole reason this podcast happened was because of Bob. Yes. And uh, Castellani? Castellani. 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 Bob Castellani. I'm Italian. Yeah, I figured your last <laughs> name sounded Italian. So he's the owner of Specialty Cellars, which is an importing. Founder, we're, owner. Yes, yes. We're an importer based in Southern California. And uh, our whole mission is to find wonderful family wineries like Umberto's and bring them into the U.S. and spread the love throughout the U.S. That's so, awesome. So we import and distribute uh, in about 20 states. So, Great. So tell us how you got involved with um, Belinda Winery. Oh, gosh. That goes back, uh, what, 10, 20 years? Almost? Uh, almost 20 years. Yeah. So he had his product in upstate New York and western New York at stores that I grew up working in. Mm. And I fell in love. I, uh, I tried the Proseccos. And uh, I was in California. And I started working with them in California. And over time, we expanded, and, and now we're working with them in over a dozen states. Wow. So, so it all happened from tasting. It came from a simple tasting, and, and I love the packaging. It stood out in the market. Mm. It was a family producer. Uh, the quality is in the bottle. The price point was very good and attractive. So we just thought uh, there was a big market opportunity, and uh, we've been pursuing that. And we're just about to introduce it into Nashville. Yeah. So we're excited to... Uh, launch it into Tennessee this week. That's awesome. So, well, let's open the next bottle and cheers to that because okay. that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I'm excited. So what are we going to open here? We're going with the, with the wine that uh, I was talking about before is uh, the, our pet nut. Mm. Pet nut is uh, what uh, sometimes is referred as the first Prosecco. Mm -hmm. Was not really in the bottle at that time. Was just uh, sold uh, in big uh, in bigger container, but was fizzy anyway. Uh, this uh, was born because uh, people uh, in the sixties could, you know, my region now is an affluent region. The people stay there. It's not <laughs> still bad. a little nervous. Uh, don't <laughs> worry. A little close. He's a trained professional. Know, exactly. yeah. <laughs> He's done this thousands and millions of times. So has PetNet continually been um, available and popular in Italy? Because I feel uh, like here these, in the States, uh, these wines uh, were used mainly at home. At okay. home. Because uh, uh, people tend to produce these as uh, something uh, when they couldn't afford to buy a real sparkling wine. Gotcha. So it was a wine that was produced uh, in the families uh, for family consumption. That's it. Okay. Not for not for the market. So when did it make that shift to be like in uh, the market? Well, in the area, uh, we started, uh, we as a group of producers, mm -hmm. we started to sell the Colfondo in the 70s of mm -hmm. last century, 1970. Okay. 
but only for local consumption. People, I remember uh, my dad uh, going uh, with, uh, let's say, to another, to a small producer to buy a few cases of this Colfondo. Mm. Uh, later on, uh, it uh, people started to discover it, and so they they like this concept of this cloudy wine yep. because it's a little bit cloudy with a distinctive aroma of uh, uh, yeast. Mm -hmm. So, where does the cloud cloudiness come from? From the yeast, because while these is bottled, these and uh, the Metodo Classico are bottled without the yeast inside. Mm -hmm. This has the same process, is natural fermentation as the others, but here the yeast is left inside the bottle. Mm -hmm. So it's not degorged. So you're not filtering it? Yes. It's unfiltered. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. I love it. I love it. Love it. So good. <laughs> so it's a wine that uh, we use at home with friends. Uh, cutting some uh, salame or some cheese, mm. and that's it. And uh, especially you have to have good friends together. Yes, it's all about the friends. It's so good and so dry and rustic. I love that about it. It's delicious. And man, I could just drink this like every day. And you, you said this is 100% Glera. Glera. Yes. This is unbelievable. Yes. It it is, is so as good. you see, is a DOCG in yes. this one. Yes. And uh, as I, I can copy, I think, something from a producer that uh, always, uh, when he's asked, she, because she is a producer, she's asked about uh, what to pair with wine, with your wine, with my wine. I would pair with the good friends. Mm. <laughs> I love that answer. Yes. And you know. uh, she's a producer that I know very well because she's my wife. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have awesome. a competitor in my family. <laughs> So we had said off camera, you were like a little surprised that people in Nashville would be interested in pet knots. Yeah. So I have, I have a little bit of a theory behind it. And we actually have a lot of people that really like sour beer ah. in Nashville. And you find that these people this that is... love sour beer, they try this and they are massive fans of it. it I, for some reason, it kind of reminds them a little bit of it. Yes. Yeah. Um, it so does. I think it, that that almost... might be the appeal. So we have this culture here. And I don't know. I think people are also... Young people in particular, I think, are starting to get more interested in, I think they like the idea of natural wine. They think it's a little bit hippie, you know, a little bit new age out there. So you actually find a lot of young people drinking it. And um, a lot of people are like, oh, they're like, this doesn't give me a headache. And I don't know if that's a placebo effect from them thinking it's a natural wine, yes. all these kinds of things. But um, yeah, I think that it's a lot of it is the sour beer thing. Mm. That, that's probably true. Yeah. And beer is big here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beer and bourbon culture. Yeah. But, yeah. But I love this and it's really, really good. It's, so like, congrats. Alambic. it's like Alambic. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. But I think that uh, now more and more uh, we are going toward the minimum impact wine in all of the wines that we produce. Because I was telling Bob uh, a few days ago that we are now we already developed uh, an approach uh, to winemaking without the addition of uh, sulfites since many years. Uh, and I think that more and more we will go toward this because we are studying uh, at every vintage. Unfortunately, we can produce wine only once a year. Mm. It's not like beer you can produce every day, right. so you can change right. the recipe every day. Here, uh, we are dependent on what we harvest and how it reacts to our work. But uh, year after year, 
uh, we as other conscious producer in the area uh, try to produce the wine with a minimum addition of everything, anything. Okay. And, and you've been doing that for some time. Yes, we, you know, we like uh, to work uh, a little bit ahead. Uh, sometimes uh, we made mistake, but uh, mm -hmm. it's a mistake that uh, you have to do to understand that uh, to find another way. But this is important not to to give up and to continue to try new things. Yeah, right. continuing to be innovative. Always changing, always growing. Always changing, and like yeah, the world's yes. always changing. The weather's always changing. So you got to be continuously changing. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. So tell us a little bit about, yeah, we're excited about it coming to Nashville. Like what's kind of the game plan? What do you, what do you see for the future? Well, we're, we're launching today at a store, a small shop in Franklin, St. Goose, which focuses on natural wine. Uh, so we're going to be doing a, a press and trade event there. And then we've partnered with a distributor in the area, uh, Tennessee Craft Distributing. And we're just going to start getting it out in the market. There's a new restaurant opening in Franklin that's going to feature a few of the Proseccos from Umberto, the Belindas. And then uh, hopefully we'll get more and more retail and restaurants to, awesome. to understand and, and see the quality and uh, the wonderful story behind these Proseccos, get them in the market here. So I think that they're going to be really successful. Oh, they're, yeah, yeah. it's unbelievable. The, just the quality and, mm -hmm. and what they, uh, yeah, how they taste. So, and when you hear the story and like, you really know, where it's coming from, mm -hmm. what you're getting. Like it's for a, me, it changes. Yeah, there's a lot of Prosecco that's mass produced. And right. We all know that, but it's hard to find a quality family producer that handpicks and takes care of the vineyards, sustainably farming, and uh, and they're priced pretty well considering all the effort that goes into them. Yeah, what's the price range on most of them? Uh, the the Fertali line is typically around $15, $16 retail wow, and then uh the san fermo the superior will be about 20 low 20s and probably 25 or so for the sayuno and the pet net so, which is honestly excellent yeah. pricing yeah, yeah. so that's incredible they're affordable everyday drinking yeah. yeah okay so tell everybody where they can find you guys on social media social media learn more yes. about the vineyard and what you guys are doing well, in social media, uh, there are some news sometimes yeah. <laughs> when we are <laughs> when we have time from everyday operation in the in the winery and the vineyard. So we have a Belinda nineteen eighty six uh, hashtag. Yes, and then uh, we have uh, our website uh, that is available in English too. So okay. you can find all the information. But I think that the best way is if you have any question, just write us and uh, we will be glad to answer to any question that you may have. Yes. Awesome. Well, we'll tag you all in this so that yes. people can easily go to the website and, and Instagram and Facebook and find you guys. But mm -hmm. this has been huge learning. Yeah. So educational. Thank yes. you so much for having for being on here with us. Yes. Let us try this awesome Prosecco. So cheers to Alberto and Bob. Thank you. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Belinda, Belinda Winery. So exciting.